It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're going to continue our conversation with the Bengals Director of College Scouting, Mike Potts, and get into day three of the draft. But overnight, we got a little bit of information about the Bengals' schedule. They're playing on New Year's Eve, the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about that before we dive in to the draft conversation. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati mayor is talking about Kansas City again. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We are the Locked On Bengals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. So you get our episodes delivered to your devices as soon as we upload every day, depending on how your podcast platform of choice works. You can join the first listen club. Make us your first listen every day with the many other Bengals fans that do the same. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of our two-part interviews, for example, with Mike Potts, or sometimes you get Brian Callahan for a couple episodes here or there, well, you want to be an everyday or two so you don't miss any of our content. And James, before we dive back in with Mike Potts, let's talk about the one game we know about at 1 p.m. or so Eastern time on Wednesday that's going to be on the Bengals schedule. And that is December 31st, Bengals at Chiefs. I love it. I love it. I love that they made it the end of the the season, not the beginning. I thought that the hype, the talk about Thursday night and opening night and Chiefs, Bengals, I don't think the NFL really gave that serious consideration. Why? Because you're talking about two of the more sure things in the NFL and nothing's for certain. But – Barring health, at the end of the year, guess what? The Chiefs are going to matter, and the Bengals are going to matter. And so I like that uh, we're going back to Kansas City in the winter. That part I I don't love for me personally, but there's going to be a lot on the line, I think, on New Year's Eve. So it makes a lot of sense. The 425 start makes sense to me, and uh, I'm excited for it, Jake. I think it's going to be a fun one. Could, like last year's game against the Bills, have major seeding implications in the AFC? I think that's got to be a big part of the thought here from the NFL. Putting these games that are going to have stakes that matter late in the season where they want teams to be playing their hardest all the way through the regular season, you know, not have everything locked up for playoff seeding and playoff bursts and all that stuff. And if you're the Bengals, you're looking at this game late in the year and you're saying, okay, there's our chance to lock up the one seed, perhaps. I think that's got to be the the attitude you look at this with. I love that the Bengals involve Aftab Purival, the, the mayor of Cincinnati, and, and get that very straight man delivery. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 17, and that's all I have to say about that. that that's yeah. a nice – using Orlando Brown, and that, that was clever. Like like the Cincinnati Bengals approach there. It was well done for sure. And the social media team embracing it. And Aftab 
doing uh, what a lot of us, a lot of people wouldn't do, right? Poking fun at himself and then using Orlando Brown Jr., who's mm -hmm. obviously on the other side of it. I, I liked it all around. It was a heck of an announcement. And uh, the other note, the other schedule note before we get to Mike Potts, no international games, which mm. I'm not mad about. It's coming. Don't worry, Bengals fans. They, they will have to play an international game soon, but uh, not happening in 2023. And we'll keep our eyes on how many primetime games are coming and where these home games away games line up. A lot of people talking about the Reds being at home on that opening week. Maybe the Bengals have to go on the road this year to start the season after getting Just a couple play at of night. home openers. Just play at night. Yeah. Play on Monday night. Sunday night, Monday night. Both seem like great <laughs> options. Uh, the last note for me before we dive back in with Mike Potts and talk about day three of the draft and some other cool behind-the-scenes stuff. He was very generous with giving us some of that cool peek-behind-the-curtain kind of information in this interview. It's going to be two years in a row during the regular season that the Bengals go on the road to play Kansas City just because of the way the schedule works out. So it's going to be very interesting if these teams meet in the playoffs again to see where that game is, to break either a streak of games in Kansas City and give one game in Cincinnati in the middle there, assuming Cincinnati could finish with a higher seed, or to see whether it might be four games in a row in Kansas City, which would be a quirk of the schedule and be kind of wild. But we'll find out about all that stuff later. We'll talk about the schedule tomorrow when we have our full look at it. We already know who the Bengals are playing, but it's always cool to see the primetime games, the the road trips, the home stands, and the timing of everything. And Jake, I'm becoming a Kansas City barbecue expert. Right now, I'm not going to lie to you. We just go there every single winter, it seems like. It's a, an annual tradition. So that's going to continue. First, New Year's in Kansas City. That'll be interesting. But uh, it, it certainly won't be as fun as our conversation with Mike Potts. And we started with Chuck Sizzle, Charlie Jones, the Bengals' fourth-round pick. On day three, you finally get to the offensive side of the ball for the first time since, well, Cordell Volson. Really, uh, a, a lot of picks there on the defensive side of the ball and breaking the mold a little bit with both of the receivers you drafted. And maybe we can just group them together and, and start with that conversation. Historically, it seems like a lot of the receivers you guys draft, especially early, have really early production in college, too. You have that freshman, sophomore, you know, age 19, age 20 breakout years for those guys where they're out there dominating the competition at a young age. Charlie Jones has to go through a few schools, takes him a little bit of time to get an opportunity, finally gets an opportunity, gets that full year, is incredibly productive in his last year in college, but is coming out and is going to be 25 as a rookie, but, but has the athleticism that you're looking for, the refinement that you're looking for, and, and that one year of elite production. How, how do you – I guess – Maybe is that a distinction without a difference where that production happens or is there actually a, a difference for you this year where you were comfortable picking Charlie Jones despite not having that early production? I think ideally you want to see the production early and often throughout their whole career. Um, but at the same time, you've got to evaluate everything. He started his career at Buffalo, um, then bet on himself and went to Iowa, who's, who's obviously more of a traditional run game and, and play defense, not not the highest octane passing offense recently. So um, you just have to evaluate who's throwing them the ball, you know, who's who's around them, what other weapons. And at the end of the day, yeah, the, the, you have to evaluate the whole picture. Would we have loved to seen four straight years of high-level receiving production, regardless of what school he's at, regardless of what quarterback he's playing with? 
Absolutely. But at the end of the day, maybe you don't get him at the, in the late fourth round if there if there isn't some of that right. age concern, some of that, you know, production concern, um, you know, throughout his whole career, red flag, whatever you want to call him. None of these guys, obviously, you know, guys that you're taking in the first round aren't perfect and don't check all those boxes, mm-hmm. much less a guy that you're getting late in the fourth round. You're, you're almost talking close to the top of the fifth round there. Um, so we, we had him graded higher than, than that where he went and we were, we were really excited to get him. I think he's, I think you, you take the age and maybe some of that production, um, off of the table really, really is a pretty well-rounded skill set. He's one other slight knock that, that you'll hear on him is, is the size. He, I think lost a little bit of, of weight, got down in the one, uh, mid to high one seventies to, to run, which, I mean, he's fast on tape. I, I think uh, I think he would have ran fast regardless of what weight he was at, but he was up in the 190 range when I was through there. So I think he's naturally a little bit bigger than what you see on paper and what he was at the combine in his pro day. I think he was 175 and 176 yeah. at those two places, if I remember right. Um, so that's a slight knock, but but we think he can uh, he can be at that 190 range, and um, that's something that we do after we after we draft these guys. We meet uh, with with our strength and conditioning staff, nutrition people player development staff just to set them up for, for success and and talk to them about our exposures to them in the scouting process and just trying to trying to have them in the right weight you know right you know support set up off the field from a character standpoint and and uh you know just living their life off the field and all that so that's those are conversations that we've already had with uh charlie specifically but like i said when you, when you take a couple of those concerns away he's a really well-rounded player i mean he's a really polished route runner, excellent hands, um, you know, quick at the top of the route, can run by people vertically. So, um, and then that's that's not to mention, you know, one of the the best things that he brings to the table is the the special teams value as well, uh, punt return, kick return, on top of versatility on offense, being able to play inside and outside. So, um, we're we're really excited about about adding him and and uh, looking forward to, to seeing what he can do here for us. Did you throw to him? Did I throw to him? Yeah, did you? I'm sure you would have loved to throw to him 15 years ago. But oh, I wish. Yeah. Did you throw to him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're he's been in college uh, a long time, but not quite as not quite as old. <laughs> there you go. Um, I do I do get to throw to some of the guys. I, I yeah. still uh, shake the rust off of my my old throwing arm at some of the pro days and and some of the guys that we bring in for for tryouts and stuff like that. But um, but no, I did not throw to him. I would have loved to have him. Uh, back in my college days or, or post-college playing career because uh, he's a hell of a player. We'll get back to our conversation with Bengals College Scouting Director Mike Potts in just a second, but today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. We've talked with Mike about Charlie Jones, about DJ Turner, two guys that at least some scouts believe need to put on a little weight. Well, whether you're trying to add muscle and put on good weight like those guys or maybe you just want to get in better shape, Built Bar is the protein bar for you because you're getting a ton of protein plus low sugar, low calories. It's going to fit the macros regardless of what diet you're on, what plan you're on, what meal plan you are using right now to get in better shape. And the best part, they taste amazing. They're covered in 100% dark chocolate. So check them out today at Built.com. They have so many different flavors, something that you're certainly going to love built.com or you can check them out at sam's club or walmart in person so get your hands on the number one protein bar on the planet built bar at built 
Com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Age is going to be brought up with him, and, and like, like Jake said, uh, at Cordell last year. is Does that have to be adjusted a little bit, Mike? Just because I, I look at things, and obviously you have the COVID stuff, and, and that's going to impact guys. You have just older classes. But now I look at the NIL factor as well. And guys are going to make money in school, might be more willing to stick around for another year is our guys going to be a little bit older coming out? You think moving forward? I do. I do think so. Um, I do think you'll have guys once we get past this COVID um, timeline, I guess you would say in the next, in the next year or two, hopefully you don't have 60 year seniors as much anymore, but I do think there'll, there'll be a lot of some of those juniors, third or fourth year juniors that typically would have been, you know, let's say mid or late round day two, day three type of picks in the draft. Those guys, a lot of time would would come out, but now if they can get paid in some cases millions of dollars in college, that makes their decision to stay a lot easier. So now the uh, the typical junior that's let's say 21 years old coming out, uh, maybe that maybe that junior is is now staying and isn't coming and entering the league until they're 23 years old in a lot of cases. So I do think it's getting a little bit older. Um, hopefully, after the next couple of years, we won't have. Uh, many more 24, 25 year old guys. But again, it's just it's just part of the puzzle. We're not going to eliminate a guy just because he's older. And in some cases, him being older and having more reps and more maturity under his belt, it can be a positive as well. Andre Yosivash, the the other wide receiver you guys drafted on day three. Pretty similar in some ways, a little bit older coming out, 23 and a half around the time of the draft. Crazy athlete. Even even more so than Charlie Jones, who looks like a good athlete, crazy athlete, and Yossi Vash, really good production, especially late in his career at Princeton. He's been referred to a bit as a as a ball of clay. Have heard that a few times. Heard Brian Callahan mention that to uh, Dave Lapham, I think. Can you talk a little bit about that pick because he did have the productivity. It's not like it came out of nowhere, and and like uh, like Charlie Jones, looks like he has really good hands to me. Yeah, we're really excited about Andre, um, another guy that we brought in for a visit just to get in front of everybody. Um, obviously, the the Brown family has has the Ivy League roots, so that was that was a good connection there to to get them uh, in front of Andre. But we we think the upside's through the roof. You know, similar to some of the other guys that that we've talked about, I think we've got an excellent wide receiver coach in Troy Walters, who's done a great job developing not only our high end guys who who are some of the best in the league, but also our backup receivers. So. Andre has every trait you could ask for physically, um, and then he's been doing track stuff and, and, and uh, you know, the heptathlon stuff for different seasons of the year. So him committed to football year-round, which which he will be um, now, you know, having school off of his plate and, you know, an NFL coaching staff and nutrition strength staff, all of that stuff, stepping up a level in competition. Um, we're, we're just extremely excited for for where he could be because like you said i mean there, there, there's not many weaknesses he has athletically and on top of that he's 6'3 205 and and he's strong too he's just not he's not just an explosive quick athlete with with uh 
good size and good hands. I mean, I think he benched 19 reps of 225 on the bench press on top of that. So when you look at his athletic, his physical, just overall profile, there's not a whole lot of weakness there. Um, and then, like you said, he was he was productive as well. So it'll be it'll be a great um, room to get him in with, uh, you know, in my opinion, the best three receivers in the league. And then also learning under under Troy's tutelage there in the receiver room. Um, I don't think you could you could ask for a better spot to to drop him in. And um, hopefully, you know, he, he was the best player on his team and probably most teams he was playing against there at Princeton. So hasn't been exposed to a ton of special team stuff. But we'll get him with Darren, um, obviously a great special teams coach. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll work him there. And, and he's got every tool to to be good on special teams. Just is going to need some reps at at, um, you know, that aspect of his game. But again, upsides through the roof and, uh, you know, couldn't be more excited to see where he's going to be from OTAs and then where he takes on uh, or where he takes off to and where he's at by the end of training camp. And then another guy, it's it's exciting where he could be years two, three, four down the road. It was a, a weird draft of runs. And I guess every draft has runs on positions and, and that's normal. But I think it was weird at, at running back specifically. And obviously at Bijan, I don't think anyone really expected him to make it to 28. Jameer Gibbs, I was in favor if he fell. I don't think anybody had him going 12th besides Detroit. But looking down the board a bit, there's that in between the second and third round, your, your second and third picks, there's another run on running backs. And so you wait until day three. And then you get a guy in Chase Brown who, to me – is as good of a runner as some of those other guys that went 50, 60 picks higher. What, what do you like about his game? Do you agree with that assessment? And do you think age workload were, were things that maybe turned some teams off and caused them to fall a little bit? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, he's he's a guy that we saw, again, it, it sounds redundant with some of these guys, but we if we were projecting going into the draft and he told us we're getting him at the bottom of the fifth round, we would have signed up for that you know, right away before before the draft even started so we were surprised that that he was he was there um yeah it could have been some of some of the age and, and workload obviously he ran for you know over 1600 yards this year ton of carries i think he was touching the ball close to 30 times a game between uh carries and and receptions so um there's a lot of workload there but again knock on wood we we do all these medical evals on the guy on, on all of these prospects and he checked out great in terms of uh of a very very healthy and very durable career though there uh, at Illinois so um, despite that workload you know he's he's found a way to uh, to be to be pretty clean there injury wise and and we hope that that obviously stays the same here in the in the pros um, you know it's it's tough to say why, why he was there again like you said there was a run on running backs there earlier in the in the top three rounds um, so maybe some teams addressed that position or maybe some teams went into the draft um, not necessarily with running back high on their priorities in terms of needs. So um, we, we were glad that, that he fell there. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited that, to, to work with him, let him develop. Um, wasn't necessarily asked to, uh, to be involved too much in the past game. I think he had about 27 receptions this past year. So better than some, but, you know, not a guy that was out in the route a ton and also not asked to pass protect a ton for them. But um, in terms of his makeup, unbelievably high character, high um, intelligence and very tough kid. So we think he can, he's got a lot of upside to develop there in the past game, both as a protector and as a receiver. Um, and then I think everybody knows what it's, it's pretty proven, uh, his track record as a ball carrier. So, uh, we're, we're really excited about him. Another freak athlete in terms of the, uh, the testing numbers and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that on tape as well.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really quick, want to hit on the specialist Brad Robbins, who I assume you drafted for his ability to place punts with precision. And before he got hurt, I mean, the in, in his most recent year, his average yards per punt also great near the top of the leaderboard two straight years in terms of hang time. A lot of things you really like as a punter, but in, in your specialist room with some of the guys you've had there, there's, there's a little bit of a history of, of elite facial hair. And so did, did that mustache picture play into it with Brad Robbins? Is that an important factor there with the punter pick? It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, what about Colby Sorcell? Any excitement for you there? I wanted to ask about the William & Mary guy. Not every year you get a guy from, from William & Mary getting drafted. Was that kind of cool for you, watching a guy from, from your alma mater getting picked this year? It was cool. He, he went there in the fifth round, so I was, I was happy for him. He's a guy that we like throughout the process. Um, I, don't mean, I don't mean to be commenting on, on another team's player at all, but, but it, it, is, uh, it does you know, kind of strike a chord a little bit there, there with me, with my alma mater. Um, so I was very happy for him. We brought him in for a visit, got to know him a little bit and spend some time around him. So um, I, we, we think highly of him and think he'll do good things there. I think last thing for me, and I appreciate the time, Mike, uh, is it hard? And, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with sticking to the board, but I'm not sure there was really anyone listening that had you guys not taking a tight end at some point or not taking an offensive lineman at some point. And obviously tight end was higher. We did some mocks and of course everyone does mocks where there was no offensive lineman in the draft. That's sort of realistic, but I think tight end, everyone just assumed that was going to happen. Was it tough at some point not to look up and say, Oh, well we, we haven't gotten a tight end because I'm sure at least in, in most, I don't want to speak for you, but in a lot of the mocks that you did internally, you, you went home with the tight end in one of the, the seven picks or eight picks that you ended up having. Yeah, I, th- I think it goes back to like we were talking about playing the board. And um, yeah, did, would, ideally, would we have liked to address the tight end position? Absolutely. But um, like I mentioned, players didn't necessarily get swiped out in front of us um, in terms of the overall depth of the board. Um, but we felt in certain rounds we would have been reaching a little bit maybe to fill a position in need uh, more so than taking the best player available. So, you know, the, the conversations that we've had, you know, uh, really, really rounds one through seven, um, that's how it played out. And I've, I've commented before, you know, I mean, there, there was, uh, everybody knows it was a really good tight end class. There was a lot of tight ends that we liked in this class, but as you work through it, as we've mentioned, the medical, the character, the scheme fits on guys, sometimes guys get lower down maybe our board or even, um, driven up the board higher than than maybe what the consensus would be publicly. So, um, you know, th- there's guys that, that maybe would be off our board, uh, whether it's for character or medical reasons, and, and we can't necessarily take them um, at, the, at the round that maybe they would have been projected to be. So, um, you know, it's, it's something that we had to just stay true to the board, um, stay true to our evaluations, and it, it drove us to taking players outside of the tight end position, obviously, 
um, you know, that, that wasn't by design. And that's something that we'll continue to look into with uh, guys that are that are still available, whether it's free agency, whether it's trades or, you know, at the waiver wire on cut down time. Um, obviously, you want to address every every position you can in the draft if possible. Um, but when you end up with eight picks, you know, those are those are what we ended up with. Maybe, like I, like I said, maybe if we added another pick or two, it would have been easier to to add a tight end and it would have fit in differently. But that's just kind of, you know, playing the, the strengths of the board in, in the different rounds and at each position. That's just the way it worked out. And, um, you know, if we could do it over again, we wouldn't do it any differently because we think we took the best player uh, for us in, in each of those uh, eight selections. Well, maybe next year. Looks like you might have a couple of extra picks with the compensatory projections that are available to us. And we appreciate the time. Like James said, Mike, it's always great insight. Love talking with you after the draft to, to hear a little bit about what's going on, what some of the process is, and what some of the big lessons and takeaways are on, on some of those players. So hopefully, you know, before you're spending too much time getting into that watch list for next year, getting started on the on the board for next year, you get to take a break here a little bit this summer. And we really appreciate all the insight. Always good talking to you guys. I appreciate you having me. Mike Potts, absolutely great on this podcast. Gives great answers. Excellent insight into the players the Bengals picked. Love to hear about the evolution of the draft process and things that we don't even think about throughout this interview. And that's why we'd like to talk to him every year after the draft. Also want to thank real quick Emily Parker, if she's listening, for helping us to get that interview set up. And tomorrow, James, we've got the schedule and we get to dive into all of the ins and outs of the Bengals 2023 schedule where they're going to be going when they're going to be going there all those primetime games so we'll get into that on tomorrow's show to finish up the week until next time Bengals fans thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast who day and have a good one hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.